Welcome back, everybody, to the Game Chat Podcast. It is Monday, February 15th, President's Day. The president of presidents. Woo! Woo. Where, um, where would we be without him? <laughs> it is also... Broke President's Podcast. <laughs> it is also the one-year anniversary of the Game Chat Podcast, everyone. It is a special day in the Game Chat Podcast. Um, a year ago today, Jack and Eli set off on an adventure... <laughs> We didn't really know where we were going. Quite the adventure. Yeah. We didn't know who was steering. No one was steering the boat. The yeah. boat was just released. <laughs> in the <laughs> top floor of the Albertsons Library and basically a closet. But we were there. The audio room. Yeah, we were there. Um, we're going to have a code word later in, the, uh, later in the show, just so you keep listening. And if you DM us the code word, you'll know what the code word is. Um, they also DM like what time it was said. Sure. Or around, so, roughly. Yeah, just about it. Yeah. To be sure. And we'll give them one of those Amazon gift cards from the microphones that we got. Because yeah. I don't want to pay for an Amazon gift card. No, but no. even though we love our listeners, we've only made $13. <laughs> we've only made $13 from the podcast. And I'm not taking that out yet. I'm not cashing out yet. <laughs> we even get one of the Amazon gift cards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't, yeah. They might not totally be legit. Otherwise, we can just use Martez's money that he, he's going to send us. We can just buy an Amazon gift card with that. We'll find a way. Oh, then just get a shout out. Uh, maybe a shout out. Yeah, we'll just we'll just post their ad. Yeah. Hey, congrats! No money, but <laughs> good job. Um, we're gonna run through some news and notes. We got a couple new segments that we're gonna get to that I I think maybe if they are fun, we'll kind of run like do these do these segments throughout the off season. We're not gonna do any of the draft like the Mount Rushmore kind of stuff until. Like, after the draft, I was thinking. Because I was like, we still have a decent amount that we can talk about right now. Yeah. But I'm like, after the draft, then it gets a little dry. So, uh, and then we have Brandon Hawkins back on the show. Um, he was on, okay, it was kind of weird. I was, we, I had him on. I interviewed him when Boise wasn't playing. Like, and, and they weren't scheduled to play. Like, the first time I interviewed him, they were not, Boise wasn't supposed to play at all. They were like, we're, we canceled our season. So, talked to him just kind of about the COVID, like, what, it, what, what the season was like during COVID. He actually, should I tease this? I'll tease it a little bit. He has a crazy story about him testing positive for COVID during the season. Um, talks a little bit about Andy Avalos. Andy Avalos recruited Brandon. So that was cool. He was he's really excited for for Andy Avalos to to be back and to be the head coach. And then he also has a really crazy recruiting Zach Wilson story. So it was a really good interview. Um, he gave his thoughts on the Super Bowl where he ranks rookie quarterbacks. So it was really cool. I was glad to have him on. He's a good dude. Uh, and fun interview. So make sure to check that out. That out. And then we're going to rank this year's rookie wide receivers at the end of the show. So. Um, before we get into some rumor, the rumor mill, which is one of our new segments, J.J. Watt released from the Houston Texans. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Good for him. I mean, he finally got out of there and hopefully uh, finds a new home. Uh, I know that's what he wanted. He wanted to be released, and so they, they gave him his wish, and good for him. That's my, my thoughts on that one. I, I'm excited to see where he goes. I think there's a lot of teams that could really utilize his experience. And he's still, I mean, he's still a, I don't know if I'll have a better, like he's still an effective player. Um, with age comes, you know, like more like injury concern maybe. But um, 
But no, I think experience is probably one of his most valuable options on the table right now for a team. Yeah, I feel like it's good for both parties. Um, Houston's able to get out of that situation as well. Aging guy that's probably going to require some money. But um, yeah, good for JJ. Um, I don't know if we're saying our destination spot, but I think it'd be really cool if he went and played with his brother at Pittsburgh. That seems to be I the popular agree. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we just did the rebuilding for the Texans, didn't we? And we were all kind of like, thought that they were going to be stuck with him uh, in his contract. So I guess both parties were kind of stuck with each other. But mm-hmm. yeah, this makes sense. They had to kind of eat some eat some cap, the Texans. But I mean, it, they're not contending or anything, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I mean, what what other landing spots have we heard? I heard I've heard Packers. Yeah, I heard Packers too. That was the main one. I haven't I haven't read too much into. I haven't seen any like rumors on where he's going, but there's but, honestly a lot of teams. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams that can like, get him. But do you guys think, um, like the teams like maybe like the Jets or the Jaguars teams that are maybe rebuilding? Do you think those are a possible destination for him, or do you think they don't want to spend a lot of money unless it's going to be a player that's going to Last for a while. I think for his choice, he won't sign with teams like that. I think he's yeah. going to try to go to the most ready now when a Super Bowl team he can. Yeah, it would make sense. I mean, yeah. he hasn't been to an AFC Championship game yeah. in his career, have, yeah. has he? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Like, best, best chance is last year. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'd be shocked if he goes to a. He, he'll, he'll go to a contender and he can still play. Yeah, no, he's still a very viable player. How much is he? How much is his con? So, so because he's released, did the. Like I, I, I don't know. This is, a, I guess, an open-ended question. But like, what happens to his contract? Nothing. I don't think. I think he just signs for a whole new contract with a new team. But he still gets that money from the Texans, right? Partially, like based yeah, off I don't the think pay. It, I don't mm-hmm. think they don't have to pay full seventeen, but he does get partially. Yeah. Okay. But he gets a whole new contract, which should be lower than what he's been making. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, a couple other things. Gus Malzahn is the new coach of the UCF Knights. Um, if you saw that on our Twitter, Matthew, where can you find our Twitter? What's the Twitter? You can find it at the Game Chat Pod on Twitter. And just in case people are curious, like where's the Instagram, Elias? Uh, Game Chat dot podcast. And we're not doing the show on YouTube, but if we were, where could you find it, Brandon? Game Chat Podcast. <laughs> we're not in the shed right now because it's snowy outside. So currently in a windstorm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Snowstorm here in Boise. Yeah. Um. Where was I? Oh, Gus Malzahn. Did you see that that thing where the it was like some was it a fan account maybe or some fan was like he doesn't know the pressure. This is Gus oh, Malzahn. Gus Malzahn, former Auburn head coach. They're like he doesn't know the pressure that he's about to face being the UCF head coach. Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I mean Auburn. That's such a tough job because you're just in Alabama's shadow the entire time, and fans expect you to compete with them, even though it's night and day. Uh, so that would be interesting. But yeah, September fourth, twenty twenty one, going uh, Boise State going to be going playing in the bounce house in Florida. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Refresh, refresh my memory. Where did the UCF coach go? He went to Tennessee, I believe. Okay. And that guy, what what's his name? <laughs> Josh. I'm going to mispronounce it. Hubel? Hubel. He Sometimes. built that I UCF yeah. program. I was a little bit surprised that he left, especially for a job like Tennessee, which yeah. seems to be like an impossible job the past decade or so. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy because Scott Frost went undefeated with them and then booked it, and everybody kind of thought they would fall off a cliff, and they didn't really. I mean, the last like, three years have been super competitive. And wasn't Hubel the OC? Yeah, he was with Frost with when Frost. he got promoted. Yeah, so they're... I believe their athletic director went to Tennessee with 
their head coach, I'm going to stop saying it, kind of pretty much <laughs> mispronouncing it. Uh, so, yeah, they have a new AD and Gus Malzahn, so that'll be hmm. really cool. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, like Matthew said, we play um, play them September 4th. Uh, Andy Avalos versus Gus Malzahn, which was... Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, and then this news just broke, for us at least, like, it was like an hour ago maybe, that uh, Jalen Johnson, the Duke Blue Devils star freshman, is opting out of the season, which... Okay, so I genuinely, like, generally like Duke. Like, they're kind of like... I, I'll, I'll, like, root for them. I Yeah, I'll probably get some some shit for that but like <laughs> I don't know I for some reason I've liked them I, I like think them yeah we've had this conversation before Brandon um that was one I mean when I saw that I was like you've got to be kidding me like <laughs> I, and I think John Rothstein tweeted this he's like a big college basketball reporter was like it's not opting out with three weeks left to go in the season it's quitting and yeah, I thought that was perfect when you're yeah. eight and eight yeah. yeah if they're having a good season there's no way he's doing this no right. chance it's sad yeah I mean if you're a Duke fan it's really it's a hard one to hear yeah, and they, and they label it opting out. Yeah. I was like, come on. Um, that just rubbed me the wrong way, and I was like, that, that's really dumb. But, yeah. Do we have any other piece of news we want to get to? Anything? Do they have any chance in the tournament? Duke? I would like to think no. Yeah, yeah at 8-8. Eight eight, if, 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 uh, if a Boise team does not get out large yeah, and true. a Duke yeah, team instead true. does, I'd that's be pissed. That's a tough one to swallow, yeah. Okay, let's talk about Boise State a little bit. Boise State basketball. Um... Beat UNLV twice. That's all we need to say. <laughs> um, it happened. We did it. We, we had said that we needed to win these two. Scoreboard. Very ugly second game. I'd like to say they're getting their stuff together, but I wouldn't feel confident saying that. So. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, man, that was a weird game on, what, what was that Friday night? Saturday. 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 Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean... Man, DA, when, if he wasn't shooting lights out, we had no other sort of offense that night. It's, just, it's, just, it's hard to watch. Our offense is just so bad. And then we go on a run, we get up by 8-10, and then here they come. Let them right back in the game. And it's just, it's like the same story over and over again. It's just, yeah, it's getting tough to watch. But DA, yeah, DA misses, I mean, five shots, more shots per game, and we're screwed. Like, it's, the dude's got it on his back right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a few players, like Marcus Shaver, who, and, I mean, Ray J. Dennis really slowed down offensively. There's a bunch of players that just first half of the year, first quarter of the year, were really contributing a lot on offense, and they just kind of haven't been in their groove. And ACOT's really stepped up and been a bigger part of the offense lately. But, I mean, UNLV did beat Utah State once out of two. So, I mean, they did. Yeah, they did. They beat them 59-56 uh, January 25th. That, yeah, I mean, there's. it's not like the next two teams we played have been perfect. But I mean, that UNLV team was not bad, even though no. their record was, I think, sub-500. Um, that Kyle Hamilton guy is a really good scorer. Yeah, um, Yeah, it, I mean, we're playing. That was an unbelievable defense by ACOT at the end of the game uh, on Hamilton to, to stop him from scoring. That was, that was so sick when he blocked that three-pointer, um, and then he swatted it back to Hamilton, and then he – Slams his <laughs> hands on the ground like he was like, "Come on, go one more time." Again. And then he locked, yeah, he locked him down again. That was awesome. Um, I think we're gonna have Theo on next week. Um, I think next week will be like a huge. We'll do a big college basketball pod because I think we'll have Brock on to talk Gonzaga and Theo to talk both Boise State. But I'm interested to see because we were talking about this when we were watching a game. What 
Boise State's like best five. What's our closing lineup? I'm interested to see what Theo thinks it is. Um, as a manager, he he's there at all the games and stuff and all the practices. We were thinking, what did we say, Matthew? We said right now we think Shaver, Da, yeah, Abu, Acot, yeah, and then Milan. Yeah, Armus, Armush. He had a great game he again. Really he's he's yeah. had a couple of good games. He's the, I truly believe he's the glue of this team. And Da is too, but I mean, what he does the on rebounds. the boards and yeah. the rebounds and. I mean, his passing is so underrated yeah, too. Underrated. He's made so many passes that it's like, holy! I mean, just the the thing yeah. I'm worried about most, I guess, because that's a great point, Matthew. That he is like the glue of this team is that he plays so many minutes down low that we're gonna like if we don't get that at large bid, I'm nervous that one of the games in the tournament he's gonna get in foul trouble, and we're not gonna be able to play him like as yeah. much. Lucas Milner has been playing pretty decent. When he's been in there, he only played eight minutes this last game. Uh, if Maladin doesn't get in foul trouble, it's not. But I mean, Milner getting eight to ten minutes a game for the next four games will be big in the event that does happen. Yeah. Because he's the only other big man we have. Well, these next two series, I think we play. Who do we play on Wednesday? We play Utah State, Wednesday, Friday. Did you guys see that they Utah State denied our request to play? In the four when they have fans at their their arena, so so we put in a request to play at the Ford Center in Nampa, and it was approved by by Nampa, I'm guessing, and Boise State. But Mountain West rules are that both teams have to agree to have fans, and or maybe to play at a different site and have fans. And Utah State said no. So they, better, they, they better kick their butt. They're playing at uh, the arena with yeah. no fans. Yeah. Yeah, the our yeah. home arena. And like Matthew said, Utah State has fans at their games. That's true. They're the yeah. only ones in the conference that do, and then they're going to come out here. And, and the, the athletic director being like, oh, we, you know, we didn't want to you know, give them that advantage or whatever. It's like, screw you. I really hope we, we destroy them now. Like that's, <laughs> that pissed me off. Um, yeah, but we play them Wednesday night, I believe, on CBS, yes. CBS Sports Network. Yeah, and they swept San Diego State and then lost Jeez. one to Colorado State, lost one to UNLV. So they're beatable, but I would say they're well, I mean they're first place for a reason. They beat San Diego State twice, who's ranked right now twenty fifth, which I didn't realize until today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, two Ridiculous. big series coming up. All right. Let's start okay, so this new segment we're gonna call it the rumor mill. Um, mostly because we're gonna do a lot with quarterbacks this offseason. Um, and rightfully so, like this is going to be a huge, yeah, there's going to be so much quarterback movement. Thank you, Brandon, for turning that on. I was <laughs> going to say something. Um, Getting a little gloomy. So let's start with Russell Wilson. We addressed this on the live show, but we still, I mean, it still gets, keeps getting talked about. Um, I, I'm obviously pretty upset with the comments that he made just as a Seahawks fan. I was like... And it seemed like he was throwing his teammates, offensive line, especially, and ownership under the bus. And the part that really made me mad is when he was like, oh, Tom Brady gets this input on his team. Like, I want that on my team. And the, I was like, do you know how much Tom Brady's making? Like, you're making, you're making $10 million more than Tom Brady is. And, and he's not on a discount anymore. Like, this is his big money deal. He's been on a discount for years. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? 
Oh, from a third person or from an outside point of view, not a Seahawks fan, um, I've always thought of Russell as a non-selfish type of guy. Um, and seeing these comments, you know, it, it does it does uh, rear rear a little evil head from his little organization he's got going on over those, those comments. And it's like it seems like he was I don't know they were like a divided type of comment. Like it's like him and his group are separated from the Seahawks. You know, it was kind of weird to me. Um, I, I think the most in- interesting part to this whole situation for me is seeing. Like Seahawks fans turn not so much to you guys, but like I'll throw a read under the bus. He said something <laughs> today. Do it, like, please. He said something like, "Honestly, I wouldn't be that mad if we traded Russ." And it was like, and then I went on Twitter and like Russell Wilson's trending, and all these Seahawks fans are like, "Yeah, but man, we can get so much more for Russell now." And like, I don't know, it's just crazy to see people turn on him that quick because like, I don't know. I, I, this last year was a, a little bit of a weird year, but before that, I mean, he just, I mean, without Russell, I can only imagine what your guys' record would have been, you know. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting to see. Not only Russell's comments because of how like I viewed him before, but also Seahawks fans' reactions to it. Yeah, I think it's funny listening to Seahawks fans. I thought about when Rue said it too. Uh, like a lot of them are kind of like, like yeah, we can get rid of him or whatever. And I feel like they're you know they're like oh we can you know maybe do something new or whatever. But I feel like if he does go, um, you guys like I feel like most trade offers are probably not going to seem like big enough, especially since if there was going to be a trade, it'd probably be a lot of picks. And I know. Seahawks fans don't want picks because you probably don't have a lot of faith in your team drafting. Um, but yeah, I did also think, I, I don't know a ton about Russ, but he seemed like a more selfless kind of guy. Like It seemed, it seemed a little off-brand of him, at least from my perspective, to, to call out his, his fellow teammates and his, like, his team like that. And, um, off-brand, I like that. Yeah. And I also I do think it's funny, he, he seems to be kind of whiny and all this, but he also just got like the man of the year award or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Okay, I guess I'll play devil's advocate <laughs> since I this man has poured his heart and soul into this team for the past what is it seven or eight years? And every single year we get to the draft and we say, Oh no, we don't need to draft an O line. We're doing we're I mean, I don't think we've ever had a top fifteen paid O line. We're always in 15, 25, except for one year. Well, okay, so that's the funny stat is that the last time we were above 15th, we won the Super Bowl. And we are the highest. We paid our O-line the highest in the league. Right. Uh, And the fact that every single year, I feel like we say O-line's not good enough. And then they they have a first-round pick. At the end of the first round, they trade it back, and then they take a a position. Yeah, a defensive player or a wide receiver nobody's ever heard of. A running back. Yeah, running back. I mean, I feel like I understand why he's frustrated. Because this is what we've been saying the entire time. I understand he's the leader of this team. Uh, and it doesn't, I think it should stay in-house. But I understand why he's frustrated, even though he's making all this money. And there's, I mean, I think he needs to take ownership for it as well. I, I totally agree with you on that. I can see why he's angry. Because I feel like they haven't, as they haven't done everything they could to get us back to that position. I feel like they, they're they stuck in their own way and they believe we can trade back every single year because we're just better right. at picking players than everybody else and it just hasn't worked and then they haven't changed. So I can see why he's mad. No, I think his anger is completely justified. I, I, I don't think that he's in the wrong for being mad. I, I do agree. The, I mean, the one pick that really just 
if I was the FBI, would have taken off as the Penny pick because yeah, I mean that's just a prime spot you could have taken the line. And you took a running back and you have Carson. And or you could have taken one of the top running backs that were available. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Any just literally, there are so many. And let's just take the running back that you could have taken in the third round yeah. that nobody had on the top of their board except for the Seahawks. I guarantee you that. Yeah, it's just weird. This whole like, and I think all of our points that we just mentioned go together. Mm-hmm. Like. We are not ta- we're not spending a lot on our own line either in draft capital or in money. Well, Russell's also been top five in cap hits for quarterbacks for the past like three years, and so there's just there's a balance, and it's like same thing with the sacks. There's there's plenty of sacks that Russell needs, and that that's what bothered me about his comments is it didn't seem like he was taking ownership for them. But there's also plenty of sacks where he has no time to throw, and it seemed like our route combinations were DK go deep. Tyler Lockett run a long route over the middle, and that's it. So hopefully this change in offensive coordinator um, changes something in our culture. But, yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to, to keep it in-house just mm-hmm. because I feel like this is something that Russ needs to sit down with Pete and John and kind of just, like, come up with a plan, I would hope. But, yeah, it sucks that it's now it's every – I mean, every national radio show podcast is talking about it. Um Mike, go ahead. No, actually, that's the biggest problem going public about it is all the rumors that it does start, and that's the only mm-hmm. problem about not staying in house. There's no way you can stay in house. No, I. No, there's no way. So, but hypothetically, my question to you guys: Is there any open QB team right now? So, not the Chiefs, um, probably not the Packers. Is there any open QB team right now that has a situation better than what Russ has right now? Like with, and that includes wide receivers, like the wide receivers he has around him. I mean, DK and Tyler Lockett. His offense, our offensive line, yes, it's not great, but we're rank, we were ranked by PFF like it was like 18th or something. So like that's not middle of the, pack. the worst, but it is middle of the pack. And we've been pretty consistently middle of the pack. And like head coach, like is there another team that situation is better? Any team that's not currently looking for that's looking for a quarterback right now? Yeah, I mean middle like they could replace. Right. So like that's why I think because the Chiefs is obviously like oh the Chiefs, but that situation is yeah they're not going to give up Mahomes. Is there any other team? Rams. Yeah, I mean they just got a quarterback though, so they wouldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They wouldn't. Colts is the only thing I can. I was thinking of Colts Colts, just all around, but, but yeah, I feel like they don't have. Like the lethal. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're talking about like Pittman. Yeah. No, I take Russ would have all the time in the world to make his deep ball throws, but he's gonna throw it to the only thing I was thinking. Right. No. I mean, that's why I think I think like Russ can keep complaining about this, but when you look, when you take a step back and look at it, it's a pretty dang good situation he's got in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Like hitting on that DK pick, (laughs) and the connection that he's built with Tyler Lockett. I mean. I just don't know how many other situations are better. Yeah, yeah I just feel like the, the point with that is the situation is so good that losing in the first round of the playoffs is, like, extremely fr- – I don't think he's going to keep talking. I think this is one of those things where he said his piece for the first time in eight years. He's yeah. really said anything like this. I think that it could go one or two ways. It could either light a fire on the team and bring people together. They're like, man, this is not acceptable. You're right. Or it could divide everybody, and I think it's kind of that roll of the dice that you sometimes you just gotta do. You gotta just yeah. light a fire because I mean those O line in that room gotta be like, man, our 
he was thrown under the bus. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to cry about it? Am I going to be like, oh, that's I'm playing well, or am I going to get better and I'm going to actually block with this dude? Or are we going to go win and not going to win? For sure. I just wish he would have taken a little bit more ownership. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the like, I just there were man, there were so many moments down the stretch of that season where he did not play well at all. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, there's no way we trade him. There's no way. Yeah, no way. But just related to Deshaun Watson, I think there's no way they both get traded. Like, this, both of them are stuck. That's just the way it is. You think Watson's stuck? Yeah. I don't. I, I, the more I look at it, the more I think it's just gonna be impossible for Watson to get traded. Uh, yeah, I don't know if any team is gonna. He's gonna have to hold out, hold out. Yeah, I mean, if he sits, maybe. I mean, maybe, but there's just no way. Uh, with what the Texans ownership has been saying compared to what they're gonna ask for him, it's. It's just way too much. It is just. I just yeah. I, I just have so many mixed feelings about it because everyone you know we're all getting excited like oh Watson and then like the manager ever comes out and they're like oh like we have no intention of getting rid of him or whatever it's like all this and it's like you, you gotta be kidding me. Like, is, there's no way yeah. you're gonna keep him forever. The like, same thing with Russ though is ownership. They don't want to trade him. Like the value of uh, ownership wanting to trade a, a high name guy versus ownership wanting to get rid of a high name guy is completely different. Like yeah. the fact that both these teams don't want to trade their star quarterback, it, it drives the value up. And it's just, I don't think any team's willing, or even in a spot, I don't know if there's any NFL teams in a spot besides the Jets and Dolphins, which these top quarterbacks don't want to go to right now, you know? Like, it's just, yeah, they're both in a situation where it's just not a viable option. I'm just trying to think of the alternative. Because, I mean, let's just say, hypothetically, the highest offer available is, like, two first-round picks. Hypothetically, yeah, uh, yeah. let's just no, it's it's, so it's, the option. The option is you take whatever the highest bid is, or you keep Watson, and he either sits out, or says, "Eh, I'm not going to show up to practice. Yeah. You can find me. I'll just show up on Sundays without play. knowing the playbook, mm-hmm. and I'll just play." Yeah. <laughs> but what is that? What good does that do them? For both I, sides. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Ma- it doesn't really make any sense to me that you wouldn't. If you have a quarterback, you, you can't turn around and be like, oh, Watson wants to be here. Unless, unless he comes out and says he wants to be there all of a sudden. I just don't know. I mean, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I, I don't know. I saw this 49 people all blown up because of Deshaun, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I saw one of this, this guy tweeted a trade proposal, and he said two first-rounders, a second-round, a third round, Javon Kinlaw and Jerry Greenlaw. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that's a lot of freaking like capital, but I guarantee you the Texans wouldn't take that. Like, yeah, probably not. I mean, it'd be, like, I, I just, I just don't yeah. think that's the, I think their, their price is just going to be way too high because they don't want to trade them. They've said it over and over again. It just sucks to see this talent wasted. Yeah. And like you, you mentioned that the, um, you compared the situation like with Russ. The Russ is like, they have something. Like, there's a few pieces, a few missing pieces. Mm, they have something. The Texans, all they have is Watson. That's pretty much it. And yeah. Big name, Larry Tunsil. Yeah, Larry Tunsil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Like, they pretty much just have Watson. Like, that's like their. It's almost like they're afraid, like, if they lose Watson, like. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be. Like, it's already bad. They plummet. They have, they have a top five quarterback, and they are awful. Is it Mike Trout? Let me ask that right now. All right, really quickly before we get to Brandon, um, Carson Wentz, it really appears like this, the two suitors are Chicago and Indianapolis, with Indianapolis being the obvious frontrunner because of Frank Wright. I love it. But it seems, 
the best offer, at least, I, like, this is, again, why this is called the rumor mill. Like, on Twitter, I saw the best offer that they've gotten is two second-round picks from Chicago. Yeah. No one has offered a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. His contract. Yeah, his contract's the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's and, the yeah, the con- yeah, the contract with the level and of play. confidence, yeah. It's Tom Brown plummeted, so. Do you think they, you think they accept the two second-rounders? Um, Do they let 140 million put on the bench? That's the question. That's true. They might. They might just be happy to get it. I think they want to start Jalen Hurts. So I think. I think they're going to get to a point this offseason where they're going to have to unload him because they don't want that contract, and I think they want to move on with Jalen. Yeah, I agree. I think they. Have, I think eventually they're just going to have to take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you sell the fan base that Carson Wentz is that guy for that team. Like they're trying to be like, oh, right. well, I'm open QB competition. I don't know when that's ever worked. Yeah. No. Like, they talked Nick yeah. Foles and Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that didn't work. Yeah. Know, neither one was ready for it. I mean, if there's a QB competition, that means both of them just aren't that great. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I would take that in a heartbeat if that's the best offer. I mean, I think you just got to get rid of them and move on. Being a part of a fan base that, you know, I wish I had a quarterback change with the Niners. I mean, if that is the price, like, I'd be frustrated that the Niners didn't go out and get that. Two second round. Personally, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the way that first rounders are valued now, mm-hmm. second rounders are like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. If, if the Niners, if, if Carson Wentz does go for a two second rounders, or I mean, I don't know, second round or third rounder, like something like that, like I would be pissed if the Niners didn't go out and get him. No, it makes sense. I mean, this man should have been like, I mean, if there's a first half MVP that one year, he would have won. Oh, he won it without. Would have won it with that hands down. Hands down. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a Super Bowl team. So I mean, if you put him in a situation like that. He has proven that he can do it. So, I mean, you're, you're asking yourself, okay, what is like Jimmy G's peak and what's yeah. Carson Wentz's 100%. peak? Like, he's already shown it before, yeah. yeah. And I think if you're the Colts and if you're part of the Colts fan base, I mean, you hear Chicago's offering two second-rounders. Like, if they if they gave him a first for him uh, and they got him, like, if he does get even close to where he was at that year, like, they're a Super Bowl contender, like, just yeah. like that. Yeah, and if, like, if the Colts get once, they're a scary team. Yeah. Like, I'd be pissed if the Colts, like, if the Bears went and put two second rounders and got them, and the Colts just, like, your Colts fan is sitting there with brisket, and you're like, look. Brisket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, we're going to go to Brandon Hawkins really quick. Or, not really quick. Um, we're going to go to his interview, and then we'll come back and rank the uh, rookie wide receivers. All right, uh, we now welcome on recurring guest, actually, um, Boise State outside linebacker Brandon Hawkins. Brandon, thanks for uh, joining. Yeah, thanks for having me back. For sure. So, like we kind of talked about before, I kind of just want to get your thoughts on, or maybe not thoughts, but like perspective on how crazy this season was. Because, like, I think the first time we talked, I didn't listen to it back again, but I was kind of trying to remember like what we talked about. And I think like the season wasn't supposed to happen. I believe that's right. It was right after the season got canceled and it was kind of like, what are we doing? Like, (laughs) what are we going to do? Yeah. So we got canceled. We were able to get a little time off, which was nice because, I mean, it was a crazy summer just working out, trying to get ready because we lost a bunch of time in the spring. So when we got back, we were just like working and then it was kind of like, canceled and we didn't know what to do like we just did all this stuff or what feels like nothing 
and we're like, okay, we do we get ready to play any time? Is there a chance we can play any time? Or is it in the spring? And we didn't get much information at first. So then um, they told us, it was there's kind of rumors that we were working towards it. And then when it finally happened, we're like, oh, like we got to get going. Right. So um, it was weird. It was definitely weird at first because we're like, some people are out, some aren't. And it's like, people are coming back every day. People are leaving every day. We're getting tested all the time. So we, we had a, it was a modified fall camp. So usually fall camp will start before school starts. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're there all day. And um, we started doing this and we had, like it was during school. So we weren't able to have the same, this, and it was like in season hours, we couldn't, um go I I think it might have been a little bit more but so we had let's say four weeks to get ready for the first game and we were getting tested three times a week and so it's like the the nose one yeah dang so at first it was like the one where you have to like go all the way up and then I guess recently or like they discovered that it you could just go like in your nose so (laughs) like oh great like, like now you tell us that yeah, exactly. But so we we were able to do it on our own, so that made it a little bit better. Um, so and then just kind of leading, we test Sundays after the games, Thursdays before the games, and Tuesdays before the games. So just kind of testing, doing all that, and then uh, it was weird. Was it weird, like, because there was a couple positive tests, right, with players, yeah. like. So would they just – they just, like, didn't come to practice? You guys were just like, oh, like, so-and-so is not here. So they must have tested positive or, like – So I I actually tested positive um, Colorado State week. I okay. think the game was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I tested on a Tuesday, and I was on, literally, like, on my way to the facility on Wednesday morning, and the trainer called. And then they're like, you test positive. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> what? I I honestly had no clue how because during season I'm just going to football. I go to like one or two classes just with the COVID classes, and then I'd go home. So I'm not sure how exactly I got it, but so then after you test positive, it's kind of like, all right, who's who's going to be out because of you? So it's yeah. like. I have a roommate, and that week before, um, I was taking – so I think they go back two days before your, your test – or two, two days before you take your test. So I was studying for a test, like an actual school test, and I was just in my room the whole time, hadn't had much interaction with him. And like football, you're kind of moving around it. I think they said it's within six feet and – for 15 minutes and so I wasn't even then I wasn't around him and that's like really the people who get out because of other people so he got to stay which was kind of cool for him because um that game he scored a touchdown on I think somebody blocked a punt and he (laughs) it just fell into his hands and he scored a touchdown but yeah I mean it just so happened to where like, because any other time, if I didn't have that test, then I would have been around him. But I didn't. I had the test, so I was studying on my own and not really around anybody. Dang, that's crazy. 
Yeah. Um, did you guys have to like, did you guys have to wear masks and stuff like when you were in the weight room and when you were watching film and stuff? Yes. So the only time we don't have to is when like we're running, but we're also spread out more. Gotcha. Cause that's where you can keep. And like, a, there's something about the air circulating outside versus being inside. So yeah. we, we had to wear them in meetings and weight room. And then, okay. So this, I don't know really like what I'm trying to ask here, but I just think like, cause did you have to wear them on the sidelines? We did not. You did not. Okay. Cause like whenever I see like the NBA or like, you know, or like, yeah, I, I just think it's stupid. Cause I'm like, you, you obviously tested negative because you are playing in the game. Right. I know it's, I like see people and they just put a mask on and it's, I don't. Especially when they're yelling and then they like, like I have it off to yell and then they put it back on. I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? It just doesn't, I don't. I mean, sometimes you have to, well, we had like, there are some places where you have to have one. It's yeah. like state mandated. So I don't think we went to California, but California is one of the places. So we like, we would sometimes wear them just around our necks during the games, just cause yeah. something, if like we're talking to somebody else other than a teammate, we'll have to pull it up or something. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Did you have any, cause I'm tr- like, you said you didn't go to California. Like, was there any games with, with fans like at all? So we had a few at uh, home games that they'll, that's right. Family and friends. And then there's like a lottery system. Um, but still like, that's like, that was yeah. barely any. Right. I mean, there's, I'm trying to think, I don't, I feel like there's no, I don't think there was many at anywhere. That's gotta be so weird. Like it's, it honestly wasn't as weird as you would, would have thought. Really? Because, I mean, you're kind of missing some of the outside noise, but you still have um, the music going and all this stuff from the big speakers. And it's kind of like half the time you don't even notice it unless you're standing on the sideline. But, like, once you're in, you don't really notice it at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it was – I thought it was going to be super weird, but it was – I was, like, surprised at how normal it felt. That's good. And then, like, the stadiums are doing a good job of, like, trying to keep it normal and stuff. Gotcha. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the new coach, um, Andy Avalos. So did he did he recruit you? Yes. So he was the linebackers coach when I was getting recruited. And so it was kind of like between him and uh, Coach Danielson, who is now the D.C. They both kind of like talked to me a lot and were recruiting me. So now Danielson is my linebackers coach and he was um, he coached different position at the other time and then Avalos was my coach for I'll say like a year year and a half maybe and then he went to Oregon but he was it was kind of cool yeah that's him and see him again that's awesome was um like what's what's he what's he like as a coach that's different from Harson? like I mean have you I, I guess you don't really know, but like as a, him as a head coach necessarily, but. Yeah. I don't, I think he's still kind of finding that identity of who he wants to be as a head coach. We haven't done 
or haven't been able to do too much football wise. Yeah. To where I'm not, I can't really talk on that part of it because I don't, I just don't know about it yet. So, but I mean, everything about it, like he's the way he just carries himself and interacts with other people. He's a super good guy and he's got everybody fired up. So I'm sure he's going to do great football wise. Yeah, and it seems like like the coaches that he hired are a lot younger. I don't know if that's just what the yes. what everyone's saying, but yeah, I mean, I I kind of think that too. Um, I mean, they seem like a bunch of them are kind of new newer coaches, and like up and coming. Um, we had a few coaches like Coach Riddle, uh, the tight ends coach. He was Harson's assistant head coach. He stayed. He's been with Harson for a while, but. Um, He's he might be the oldest coach on our staff. Then he stayed. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. So he's super, I like him a lot. He's cool. That's awesome. So, I mean, obviously, like you had to have been shocked when Harson left. Yes. So it was kind of like one of those things where he accepted the job, and then uh, it just somebody else reported it right away that. So, like, we found out through Twitter, and so did um, most of the other people, but it's kind of like, just, I don't know, it's, I mean, we would have liked to know him, but I kind of get it. Like, he was, or, it just got released. Like, it wasn't like he didn't have a chance to tell anybody. It just happened right away. Yeah, I'm assuming he, like, probably wanted to tell you guys. He just, he didn't really have control over that. Right. So, yeah. What are you going to miss most about him? Like, what about him as a coach? Um, I'd say the way the way he kept the culture within the program. He was longtime player, um, has been around. He's known a bunch of things, so it's kind of just the way that he kept it and he will, he kind of enforced, not enforced, but like kept it going and all this, but Avalos was a, um, he played here too. So he, I'm sure he's going to do a right. job with the two. Yeah. That's what surprised me most about Harson leaving is because he had been here for so long mm-hmm. and he like, yeah, he played here. It just seemed like this was, like, I didn't – yeah, I was shocked. But, yeah. I mean, good for him. Auburn's got to be a, a bucket list job, I'm assuming, as a coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's big time down there. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy, yeah. Lots um, of money, too. Yeah, definitely. That probably played a little bit of a factor. Um, I wanted to just ask a little bit about the, the BYU game because that was – I mean, obviously it sucked, the outcome – but the hype around, like, that was a pretty big deal just because we had lost them the year before and they were pretty highly ranked, right, when, when they came mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. Like, how were they, like, one of the best teams you've ever played? Like, how good actually were they? I mean, from special teams to offense and defense, they were just all around, like, they were good. Like, it's one of those teams you watch and you're like, Oh gosh. Like, yeah. They're legit. And I'm honestly surprised that they lost to coastal Carolina because I, I don't know, but 
BYU was good. Yeah, for They're sure. They're just physical and fast and all around. Is um okay, so Zach Wilson too, like because he's he went from pretty much being a no one, not a no one. Like mm-hmm. if you watch college football before this year, you probably knew who he was, but I mean now he's like projected to go like number two like is he do you think he's that good so funny thing about him is he came he committed here right after i did and he was on we went on our official visit here together and so i'm not sure so i kind of like knew him and knew about him all this and um i'm not sure why he ended up decommitting from here I think BYU is really close to his home, but um, yeah, so I kind of knew him beforehand and thought like the way that our coaches had talked about him when they were recruiting him, they kind of talked big about him. So I've always had like, I'm like, okay, this kid is good. And then he ended up starting his freshman year. And so I think he might've beat somebody out. I'm not completely sure, but um his sophomore year I think yeah he he could just kind of had some stuff happening like he had a surgery or something right right that's why he missed our game and something else going on and so it was kind of like I don't know, I felt like it was always just time with him like at some point he was just going to be really good because I was like just watching his high school film and like talking to our coaches when they were recruiting him and yeah and when so, you guys like Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, so it seems like he came out of nowhere, but to me, it kind of felt like he was always, which was kind of fun, weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was it, like, when you guys were preparing for him, was it, because, I mean, what, like, he's got a he's got a big arm. Like, what were the other kind of, like, scouting reports on him? I mean, he can run. Um, he likes to run on his terms. Usually it's not, like, oh, I'm going to zone – like, if it's an option play, then he'll keep it because it, it's kind of like he wants to. But he's not like a run-first type of guy. He can – but he move, he can move well to keep staying in the pocket or get out of the pocket and be able to throw. And he just – I don't know, those – his receivers too. I think there's some stat we heard about him that was just a ridiculous number that they had like five drops – Oh wow. <laughs> or something. I don't they caught everything. Yeah. Like it was any ball that was like in their radius they caught, whether it was one handed over somebody else's back. And he just got the ball. Like he was able to get the ball to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's got a good arm too. So okay. And like how well do you you follow like college football nationally? Um so I don't get a chance to watch games. The right, games I right. usually get to watch are um, Saturday mornings. We'll wake up and we'll watch like college game day and then the earlier games. And then if we have a break, if we usually play a later game, we'll watch some or like the night before. So I'll watch them every now and then and just kind of like look at the scores of the teams that I know. Right. But it's just kind of like I mainly follow other kids that I know that play. Yeah. Because like, okay, so we – we do a lot of like, like we rank, we like to rank guys like on our podcast and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think obviously like Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Um, 
but like we've had a couple like people ask us like where we would rank the other quarterbacks in the draft like Zach Wilson obviously Justin Fields um Trey Lance Mac Jones like I I'm curious to hear like it, you don't have to but I'm curious to hear like where do you think you'd rank those guys so I think Trevor Lawrence is head and shoulders over everybody else and there's a huge drop off did you see some of the throws that he had like his pro day yeah. today that he was unbelievable uh, yeah he's ridiculous and he's I remember watching his high school highlights he's rolling out to his not or he's rolling out one way to, I think it was his non-throwing arm and just slinged it to the other side of the field perfect I'm like oh my god <laughs> but I think he's head and shoulders over everybody else um I think Fields is good, but I think overall as a quarterback and like throws and reads that Zach is better than him. Gotcha. Um, and then I don't know who's who's uh is it uh, North Dakota State? Yeah, yeah. Um, Trey Lance. Yeah. I don't know anything about him, but yeah, I think. Fields might be next. Fields might be three, but the I mean those last three, yeah, I think he he's probably going to go ahead of the other two. Yeah, I'm not uh, a big um. I don't know if you got to watch Alabama play at all. I'm assuming you probably like the championship and stuff, but I'm not a big um, Mac Jones guy. Like I'm not a big um, I'm not a big Tua guy either. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know if this is. This is my, 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 my theory is like their receivers at Alabama are so good yeah. that Mac Jones and even when, even when Tua was there, like the throws that they made were just like slants. And then there's receivers were just like insane that they just yeah. get to the house. I, I kind of feel the same way about that. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't watch too much, but I like just kind of like looking at some stuff and I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, next year, we you guys have you have UCF, I think BYU again, and Oklahoma State all next year. Mm-hmm. I think there's one other out of conference. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure who it is. If I'm not sure, there's probably one more. UTSA. UTSA. Yeah. Is that kind okay, of yeah. close to you? Uh, UTSA. Oh, is it UTSA or is it? Uh, it's not super close. Okay. But um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know where I I know my Texas geography a little bit. Like, <laughs> I think it's I think it's UTSA. It might be. Um, oh gosh, UTEP. Yes, it might be UTEP. Yeah, I, it's one of those two. Um, but yeah, we go. We start the year off going to UCF, which will be cool. It'll be yeah. hot. Yeah, for sure humid uh and then having oklahoma come oklahoma state come will be really cool are those fun to play those like big non like non-conference games yeah they are like um florida state two years ago was really cool yeah it's just because it's it's like those teams that you see growing up and you're like oh that's that's cool and then now you're playing them and they're coming to your stadium for sure for sure you um do you think there'll be you think there'll be fans in the stands by then? I hope. I I'm sure know. like Florida, UCF probably has a better chance than I think anywhere oh, else. Florida, yeah. I think they were allowing people some last season. 
Yeah. So I'm hoping by next year that I don't know. I don't know like what's going to determine if they're going to start letting people or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I don't. What needs to change? Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. It seems like. Yeah, I, that's that's a good question. Like, I guess you could just everyone just says the vaccine, but I feel like people just say it because that sounds like it's the answer right. to everything. But I it's don't know. Like, like, some people are going to get it, but some aren't. So it's like, it is is it a certain number of people that get it or a certain percentage? I don't. I mean, these are questions for. <laughs> this is not else, not the questions we need to be asking. Nah. <laughs> um, did you get to watch the Super Bowl at all? I did. Who are you rooting for? Uh, I didn't really have a team in it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of had a feeling that Tom Brady would do it again. I'm really surprised how just the way the game went. Because I thought, I thought it was going to be different. But I was one uh, of the only people that I knew that picked the Bucks. Because really? everyone was just on the Chiefs just because of Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But, and then he was – I think one or two of their tackles, O tackles. Was I think out. both of them, yeah. Yeah, and that hurt them. I think that, yeah, for sure, like proved <clears throat> how valuable the offensive line yeah. is in football. Yeah. It's crazy. You got a dude rushing with seven fingers getting after him every play. <laughs> Do you, um, you see what Leonard Fournette? Yes, that's that <laughs> hilarious. So funny. Uh, I love that. Their whole parade was – that was cool just to that see. That was him. awesome. Yeah, see Brady messing around a little bit. You kind of got to see a different side of him. So we have a guy on our team. Uh, his name is Matt Griffin. He's a uh, receiver from California. His brother is, I think, like the third string quarterback. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He was the one that was holding up Tom Brady. When, <laughs> no way. Time. So it's kind of funny. That's awesome. He was probably going crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Does he, uh, does he like, does his brother know Tom Brady, like, well? I think, I think they've kind of gotten closer over the year. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but they're, I know, like, being in the same room and all that. For sure. That's got to be crazy. I, it amazes me how they were able to come together in an off season like uh, this. I remember, like, when they first started the season, they weren't doing too great. I'm like, oh, like, I guess this is nothing. And then I look it back later and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's actually happening. Well, just the fact that they had no, like he comes in here brand new, like brand new Mm -hmm. team after playing on the same team for 20 years. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 20 years old. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like my whole life doing something and then switching it and having no time to like, they didn't have any in-person workouts the whole off season. And then they just, it worked. They right. clicked, and I don't know. It's crazy. For sure. For sure. Is it going to be weird next year? Because, I I mean, how many guys are leaving for the, for the draft? Like, it's only a couple, right? So, we have a few guys that just are kind of – are just done playing. That are, like, seniors? Then, yeah. And then um, I know, like, John Bates, Avery – Um, I'm not too sure who else is. Is that it? Yeah, I think that might be. So and they're just so they're trying, and then some other people are just kind of bodies worn out, right? Tired, but that we have 
I want to say like maybe around nine, nine of the seniors coming back. That's going to be awesome. That's really cool that they, mm -hmm. um, you guys all get an extra year of eligibility, right? Yeah. So it's well, almost like the season just didn't count. Just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So you'll be a, will you still be a redshirt sophomore? So I'm not sure if they're going to classify me as a redshirt sophomore again, or if like it's what that decision you make after your senior year. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I might be like a redshirt junior on the, on the roster, but I still have that option of the extra year. You think you'll take it? I'm thinking so, unless something just happens. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with your body. For sure. So, yeah, we'll see. I think so. What classes are you taking this semester? So I'm taking uh, two of the upper level accounting, my That's last right. two That's accounting right. classes, and then I'm taking like anthropology, introduction to archaeology or something. I oh, I science. took that last year. I'm not even kidding. Really? Is the With, professor, um, does he have like long white hair? Yes, he's got a ponytail back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a homie. Yeah, so I'm in that right now. And then um, like BizStat 208. And... Oh, that – I have – so BizStat was – I had – I was like failing that class mm -hmm. last year for like the longest time. And then on the final – like the we had like a final project and a final – and I like aced both of them and got my grade and, and I got it up to like a C, C, C plus or something, but you can change it to like a pass, you know? Uh -huh. And so I was, I was like dangerously close to failing it. And then I got a 4.0 for the semester because of the awesome. <laughs> change. That was a tough class. I, I did not like it. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot so far, but that I have that. And then I'm taking um, econ 317. Okay. I think it's international trade. Um, but then I just have one more class in the summer. I'm supposed to graduate. Oh, nice. Congrats, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Then you're just playing football. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get my master's. Yeah, you are my man. That's yeah. awesome. In uh, accounting or just like, mm -hmm. okay, nice. Accounting. Nice. You think you'll, you think you'll stay here or you, you want to go back home when you're, when you're done? I think in the long run, I want to go back home, but like I would want to stay here for a few years after. Yeah, I kind of feel that. I I don't. I feel like if you if I go to school here, and then right when you graduate, go back home, then it's almost like mm -hmm. you didn't like because the getting away for college is like you know like growing up that's an experience, right. and then like if you go back home, then it's like all right, yeah, I tried it, now I just want to like go back home. Same right. thing. Like I'm not done with my time here. Right. I still need some more time and explore some stuff i don't yeah yeah for sure so. for sure all right man this is awesome i appreciate it yeah thank you yeah definitely we'll uh maybe talk before the the season ends or something or before the season starts yeah, sounds good all right sweet all right welcome back everybody hope you enjoyed that interview with brandon hawkins Boise state outside linebacker um we are going to rank the wide receivers from this past year, so Justin Jefferson. I'm assuming everyone has Justin Jefferson at number one, right? Does anyone not have Justin Jefferson at number one? Yeah, my they're all kind of. He's pretty high up there. Yeah, he's like one. I don't. I I have like a lot of different reasons. The only thing so you don't have Justin Jefferson at one. 
Who is your wife? T. Higgins. Fuck T. Higgins. Good. Justin Jefferson's my two. Wow. Okay. okay. Who's your one? Um, Enlighten me. Moving forward, CD Lamb. Okay. okay. Respect it. Respect it. No, Give it. Elaborate, please. So, first with CD Lamb, and this is also, this is very contingent. This is contingent on back being healthy. And being there. And, be, and <coughs> being, being there. That's true. So, that, that's why CD Lamb is one with a healthy back. Yes. If not, yeah. Things take, things take a lot. <laughs> and they're also, even though they're paying their running back way too much, I don't think they're a run first offense. Justin Jefferson, however, is he's extremely talented, but he's also he's not the number one receiver. He's got Adam Thielen there as well, and it's a run first offense. And they got Kirk Cousins. He still did really well, like despite all that this year. Like we saw that. Like it, he's not like he doesn't just get a couple passes, but like um, that's just one thing. Like I, I'm not saying it's a fluke at all. Like he's he's very good. He's he's gonna be part of that team. But um, yeah, those are just my ones. To, to to add to your point. Um, I thought about not having Justin Jefferson as my one because this one thing. Um, this year he was regarded as the two, obviously. Adam Thielen got most of the defensive um, looks, right? At what point do defenses look at Justin Jefferson and go, we just think that he's a harder one-on-one matchup than Adam Thielen is, and then now they're putting a safety over top of Justin Jefferson and now Adam Thielen's working on one-on-one next year, right? And he's also on a run-first team, so... It's yeah. a great point, too. I, and I just, yeah, I thought about at what point does Justin Jefferson become the premier guy on that offense? That's the thing. It's two, I don't know if alpha is the right word, but you got two excellent receivers. Mm, wide receiver ones, for sure. Yeah, yeah, two wide receiver ones, and you also have one of the top running backs in the yeah. league. And you got Kirk Cousins. And, and you got yeah, Kirk Cousins. That's yeah. the thing. It's, and you're, usually the quarterback is the limiting factor of the team. Like, if you have a good team and your quarterback's kind of eh, then your team's going to be eh. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's not bad. He, you know, he can, he can throw what he has to that. But yeah, they're they're a run first run first offense, and they got two wide receiver ones, and so it's like they can't they can't have a good running game and have two like just two receivers with like great stats. Yeah. The only tough thing is I think C D Lamb might be their three. Yeah. Yeah, he is their three, and for me, I was thinking about well, what if Justin Jefferson was in C D Lamb's position, and I feel like Jefferson's better. Yeah. I that agree. was kind of that was that for me is what came down to it just. Not really as much their situation, which my five, uh, number five, will have to do with his situation for sure. But, uh, yeah, I feel like Jefferson just is a little bit better and does a little bit more than C.D. Lamb right now. But with saying that, I remember last year, like at this point, you know, just looking at these guys as prospects, I thought Lamb was better. Um, So I think that might be, like, that's where I can see that point at, like, C.D. Lamb maybe being a better one for the future. I don't know. We, we do this all the time with rookies where we see them play one season and we kind of tend to overreact on it a little bit. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just buy in 100% with Justin Jefferson. And I think going back to like kind of what we were talking about in the restart draft, I'm personally a little hesitant of Herbert because I know he's super talented. And, but like I were just remembering the, thinking in the draft, like I don't know if he's as good as – these top guys, especially Burrow, and yeah, he had this great rookie season, but plenty of guys have had good rookie seasons and not panned out, so mm-hmm. that's my only worry with Jefferson and Herbert, is that maybe we are over-hyping their rookie seasons a little bit. To um, back up to C.D. Lamb as the one, potentially, um, Michael Gallup's done after this year. His contract with the Cowboys is gone, so um, with the way that team is looking money-wise, I mean, 
and depending on how what he's going to be asking, I mean, could you land, could you shoot to the number two after the connection? So. Um, okay, who wants to go? So is your your Justin Jefferson is number two, Eli? So you have C. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. I have Justin Jefferson, C. Lamb. Me too. Brandon, what do you have? I have Justin Jefferson, one, C. Lamb, two. So actually, I have C. Lamb, three. But who's your two then? I have Chase Claypool. I know we're not big Chase Claypool guys, yeah. but um, I think Juju is going to walk, and I think he shoots to probably the one. I'd say whether or not Deontay yeah, Johnson yeah, gets the number one look, but if Big Ben's there, um, he's going to throw the ball. Chase, he's just gonna do it. And the only thing that cautioned me was the CD Lamb being three. I, I kind of debated this CD Lamb being the three on the team right now, and then who's gonna be Pittsburgh's quarterback? And that's the one thing that questioned me with the Chase Claypool. Too. I got two. I have Claypool. I have Claypool at three. I yeah, me too. I totally forgot about like the whole Juju situation. Yeah. He's probably not gonna be there. Yeah, I mean, and even if he is there, I think Claypool like slowly might be the one mm-hmm. like. Maybe even over Juju. I mean, I don't know. Claypool is like a freak. Yeah, he's a freak yeah. athlete. And so I, I, I have Claypool. I have Claypool at three. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I, I just totally, for kind of, I kind of, I didn't overlook Claypool, but, um, yeah, I didn't read into that situation as much. So I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think Claypool does different things than Juju. I feel like Juju really is kind of utilized his speed more. And I think Claypool, just being 6'4", has a, a totally different dimension to his game, especially in the red zone, too. Uh, so, yeah, for me, Juju's my three just because of all those aspects that he brings to his team. And being on a, a team that's always, almost always, really competitive and if they can get a quarterback that can really throw the ball down the field more and has a little more than two years, one year left in his <laughs> career, uh, yeah, I think he has a really good potential to skyrocket up the wide receiver ranking in general, not just rookies. Pittsburgh seems to be Pittsburgh's going to be a quarterback offseason that like no one's going to talk about, but they could really shake some stuff up. Yeah. Easily make a move, yeah. I don't know if they will, but yeah, it's definitely possible. You guys don't think they're going to start – Dwayne Haskins, or did he go to Pittsburgh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's your backup right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so does that, did you have Claypool? Where, did you have Claypool ranked? Where did you have him? Uh, he was like, because I had, I had a couple at five, and I had him kind of floating in there, but after talking about it, I wanted to move him in. So this is like where it got... Better, I like him better than my four and five. This is where it got interesting to me, because um, I think there's... for I had four guys that were vying for spots four and five, and I kind of went with the the non-conventional guys, just because I, I like to talk about them a little bit more. Um, but who did you guys have as your four? I, I guess I'll go. Yeah. All right, I have T. Higgins at four. I really think his connection with Joe Burrow is only going to grow. I think he really surprised a lot of people coming out of the draft with A.J. Green apparently being healthy going into the year. didn't happen. Basically is out. And his connection – only grew as the season progressed with Burrow until the injury. Uh, and I think he has a really high ceiling, especially being that two. And, I mean, Tyler Boyd, I'm not sure what his contract looks like, but he's been in the league for a little while now. So, I mean, that, you know, if they re-sign him and they have that one and two, I think they both bring a similar aspect of, like, being really consistent. Uh, and I think that's why I put him at four, but uh, there's a lot of, very similar wide receivers that are doing similar things for other teams too. 
Forty yeah. the boys just signed through twenty twenty three. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all these receivers on their maiden voyage. Um, okay, there's the code word, everyone. Maiden voyage. Just so you know, maiden there's voyage. the there's the code word. I just I totally forgot about it. I spaced out. I like I need to float it in there. Um, okay, yeah. Who is that? Who 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 else is? I I had him there too, and a lot of similar reasons like Matthew's saying. One of them was like that connection, having a rookie quarterback and a good rookie quarterback as long as he's healthy and you know and his O line keeps him semi protected. And so that's something that I feel like moving forward. Yeah, it's only going to get better. They're both, they kind of both have the same, like, starting point, and so they're kind of, like, I don't know, like, they're going to move on together. It's not like, if you're, like, it's it's interesting, like, the Claypool thing is bringing in a, uh, a crazy rookie receiver and then having a quarterback that's had all sorts of receivers that he's thrown to, probably all sorts of different types of receivers, and only a couple years left. Like, I feel like, you know, you only get this couple years, and then what's what's next? So I feel like um, as long as they stay healthy, Burrow and Higgins are going to be together for a long time. Uh, this is a tough one for me. Um, I was debating between T. Higgins and Brandon Ayuk. Um, I decided to go Ayuk, and I did this because shocker, 49ers. I, I see Ayuk actually moving to the 49ers one this season. Um, I know everybody likes Debo. I'm a big Debo fan as well. But I think Debo's um, injury problems this year are kind of scaring the 49ers, and I think they're going to try to use him in a different kind of fashion because they really like him on the end around game and and trying to keep him on the little under route so he's not doing the downfield. And I feel like Ayuk's going to be there play-action downfield threat this year, and I could easily see him moving to the one. So that's why I had Ayuk at one going forward. So I had Higgins as my honorable mention, in my honorable mentions, mostly because I figured you guys would have him ranked. Um, but the guy that I had my four is Jerry Judy. Um, Jerry Judy was my favorite wide receiver in this draft class coming out of college. Um, I thought I still think he is an excellent, excellent route runner uh, coming out of Alabama. Like, I was just I've just been more impressed by watching him play, and I feel like the Denver Broncos are going to make a lot of changes this offseason, Mostly, like I think they have a new quarterback there, um, and like Drew Locke was just it's just not it. So I think w- whoever comes in to replace him is probably an improvement. And then I also think kind of an underrated thing this season was that Cortland Sutton was out most of the season with a torn ACL, and Jerry Judy was kind of just thrown in as their one, and that's pretty hard, I think coming into the NFL being the number one receiver on a, you know, like an offense that's really inconsistent with Drew Locke at quarterback. So I think next year he probably goes back to the two, which helps him out a little bit, and I think they'll have a better quarterback. And I just really believe in Jerry Judy's talent. So he's kind of a guy that, you know, didn't jump off the page at you this year, but I really like him going forward. Yeah, I think I think he's my five. He was kind of, he was one of, I have a few floating around, and the biggest concern was like, quarterback and they could get a good quarterback and he could skyrocket who knows but um but no he he did definitely show that he can you know he can he can hang in the NFL like it, you know he had some pretty good games but I think just the inconsistent quarterback all season probably didn't help his case yeah that's why I left him off my list as well um the quarterback question and they also really liked KJ Hamler so um yeah. they got really good production from the rookie wide receiver class that they drafted so um but yeah the quarterback question really just threw me off and I'm sure you guys might have any all their mentions or your list too, but I at the same spot went for Michael Pittman's. I mean, just he's on my list with Rivers with Rivers departing, and who the heck they're going to get at quarterback. I mean, I really liked him and Rivers' um, chemistry they had towards the end of the year, and uh, he would definitely be on my list if Rivers was there this year. Yeah, I mean Pittman was my Pittman's my five. Just if we're going forward to fives, um, I just believe in the talent of Michael Pittman. Uh, I think he might end up being like. 
I think he's still probably their two, which in this case I think benefits him because I think Ty at least for now is their one, and I I see them like going for like getting going out and getting a quarterback, and even if it's Carson Wentz, I think like their offense gets more dynamic than it was with Phillips. So I yeah I did like his connection with him, but I also think there's like room to grow in that offense, and I just really was impressed with Pittman, especially later in the season. So he was my five. Yeah, I mean, so my honorable mention was Ayuk. And the way, the reason I kind of did that is I felt like because of all the injuries we had, it might not be plugged in. It's not no, you're good. Okay, you're good. cool. Uh, all the injuries, he was like the only option they had for moments. And I don't think they really, especially with Jimmy G currently, uh, they don't really want to be a throw first team. They want to run the ball a lot. And Kittle being out a really long time just took a lot of targets had to go somewhere else. I think a lot of them went to Ayuk, especially with Debo out. Uh, so my five, I went with LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I really feel like being a two-win team, he didn't really get a whole lot of love. Uh, you know, the team, I feel like, didn't really know what to do with him at times. With you know, Being 6'1", 220, <laughs> I mean, he's a big target. Uh, just being able to, I mean, not really as far as height is concerned, but to compare to pair him with Trevor Lawrence is going to be really cool, especially with a coach like Urban Meyer, who kind of has been around the block a really long time. And I think knows how to utilize him, and I think his talent can really start shining here in the next few years. And that's why I went with him. I really feel like we haven't even seen anywhere close to what he could be if they really tapped into all that he brings. That fly sweeps, or throwing the ball down the field. I mean, he can run. He can. I mean, there's so many things he can do that really just haven't been unlocked yet. So that was kind of my unconventional five. I like that pick, yeah. I I don't know enough about Chenault to really, like, I don't know enough about him to bring him on my list and talk about him, but um, he is someone that I thought has a lot of potential. And, you know, being in that situation this year, he just, he was never really going to pop. But, yeah, I'm excited to see him with Trevor Lawrence. My honorable mention um, is Tyler Johnson. He's a wide receiver for the Buccaneers. And this is contingent on... Um, Godwin. Godwin departing. And the only reason why I say this is because uh, Brady just raves about this kid. And he says that he just, he's got sure hands. He, he picks up the offense really quick. And he's made it, I mean, even in the playoffs, he made a couple of catches that were just like, it's just eye opening that they have so much talent in the wide receiver room there. And, and that's the only problem I didn't want to put on my list because you have Scotty Miller, you got Mike Evans still there. You got so many weapons. But if, if Godwin does depart, I think he gets shoved into that Godwin kind of role. And I think that he has a big part next year. And then however many years Tom Brady decides to play for the Buccaneers. But. All right. Good stuff. Does anyone have anything else you want to say? Um, I was going to say, I think, yeah, I had Judy at my five. And Ruggs. Yeah. I mean, Henry Ruggs was my honorable mention. Mm. Just because, I mean, I don't, um, I think he had a couple good plays this year. I, he has potential. Like, just like, he, that kind of style of wide receiver. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like um, a lot of them are either, you know, maybe they just get a couple – huge plays here and there, or someone like Tyree Kill that an offense uses a ton, and, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think Rugs is there yet, but, like, he's, I think he's that kind of receiver. Like, he's just, he's pretty fast, and you can, you know, you can do a lot with him if you want. Yeah, um, Denzel Mims and Jalen Rager were just two other ones I quickly mentioned. I think both those teams are probably going to have improved offenses and improved quarterback situations, I'm assuming. Um, Rager's case, he needs to be healthy, but, um, 
Yeah, I, I, they, they were not even in consideration for my top five, but I think this, this, this is a loaded wide receiver class. Um, not super, like, top-heavy, but deep, I think. Um, moving I, forward. I think Mims is interesting, depending on what the Jets do at the quarterback position, but he's a guy that could skyrocket. I mean, not even for this conversation, but fantasy. Because for sure. they don't have any options, and he's a young talent that's got a lot of weapons. Brandon, who was your five again? My Ooh. five would have been T. Higgins. All right, next week we'll do running backs. Running backs is going to be interesting. There's a lot of rookie <laughs> yeah, running backs kind of in a clump. So that's going to be really interesting. A lot of lows. Yeah. A lot of no. Um, and then quarterbacks maybe we'll just go over that quickly. But, yeah. Anything else before we wrap it up? That's all I got. All right, we have a live show on Thursday at 12 Pacific. As always, call in, give us your thoughts. We'll be doing some more rebuilding of, I think we're on the Bucks and the Saints, I believe. And then maybe we'll start another division because we got to start getting through them a little more quickly. <laughs> I, I want to get through every team before the draft, at least, um, because that's a lot of our conversations are around the draft. So, all right. Good stuff, boys. Rock the house. Rock the house. Rock the house. Rock the house. Rock the house.